Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. We meet once more in the shadow of a gunman. Once more we enter into a despairing cycle. As a darkness descends upon parents and grandparents, siblings and friends, that we can barely imagine. A small town hitherto unknown to most outside of rural southwest Texas has now been marked indelibly, joining a dreadful litany of places where the nightmare of this nation's relationship to guns and violence has become searingly local, intimately and excruciatingly known by those who live there. Scenes of anguish and heartbreak this week in Uvalde have been truly terrible to behold. Spouses embracing one another in the vacuum of their grief. Traumatized children, the ones who fled, who heard, who saw things no child should ever have to see, folded into their parents' arms. It has simply been heartbreaking. I wonder if you have allowed your mind to enter those scenes, even to go to that classroom and imagine the raw terror those children were subjected to. It is probably not something you want to do, for it is terrible to picture that place and allow the awfulness of all of this to sink in. And in a way, we need to go there. For if we can allow our hearts to dwell where those children dwelt, it will become clearer to us just how little credence the politician's turn of phrase has and how empty the predictable playbook responses are about guns not being the problem but the people who shoot them. They are morally bankrupt utterances of a society that has long defaulted on its responsibility to keep its children safe. We need to imagine the scene those children saw. We need to dwell with the loss so that crucially we will not forget. As our Jewish siblings have taught us, it is only when we can become a people who will never forget the horror that we are capable of visiting upon other human beings, that we have a chance of becoming people, people capable of a moral imagination. When the scriptures say to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep, they're not offering facile platitudes, they're issuing admonitions requirements of a people who choose to ground their lives within the heart of God. 
Again and again we hear the call to remember in Scripture. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the widows and the orphans, the poor and the prisoner. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. Remember that you were once aliens in a stranger's land. Remember how the Lord led you through the wilderness. Remember the rock from which you were hewn. In the life of the church, memory is how we shape our common life. Hear, listen, remember. So let us imagine a classroom where children had once learned and laughed and dreamed of their futures and remember these names. Alexandria, Alethea, Amory, Annabelle, Eliana, Ellie, Jackie, Jayla, JC, Jose, Layla, McKenna, Métis, Miranda, Nevea, Rahelio, Tess, Uzziah, and Xavier. As the scriptures say, let us bind their names as a sign on our hands. Fix them as an emblem on our foreheads and write them on the doorposts of our houses and on our gates. For memory is powerful because it teaches us to lament, to know the cost of loss. I sometimes wonder what it would be like if we all learned to lament in such places in our mind's eye. What might change? if every sitting United States Senator was taken to walk through that classroom, or every paying member of the National Rifle Association, or every person who has proudly put the bumper sticker of an assault rifle with the words, come and take it, on the back of their car. What would the they see there? What might it give them pause to think? For that is exactly what we need, to pause, to ask why it is that we are the only country in the world where mass school shootings have become so grimly and tragically predictable. To ask why deaths from gun violence are eight times as high here as they are in Canada a hundred times as high as they are in the United Kingdom. Why it is that two years ago guns became the leading cause of death among children in the United States. Why over the past decade the number of children and teens in the US killed or injured by gun violence has doubled. And why the shooting at Robb Elementary School this week was the 27th this year. As we remember these children and all the victims of mass shootings and gun violence, we must allow their memory to pierce through 
the value system we have constructed. And as Christians ask what can legitimately be seen as consistent with the will and purposes of God. For surely, our relationship to guns in this country has to be reevaluated. Surely, weaponry that belongs in the military does not also belong on our streets. Surely, there is no right to bear arms that can be seen as morally justifiable when that right leads to so much needless violence and death. Yet the reality is that none of this has to be this way. Other countries have successfully reduced the number of weapons in circulation in society. Other countries have banned rapid fire and automatic rifles and guns. Other people have decided to change. We also can change. Yet it will require of us the willingness to question the working assumptions that have underwritten so much of our political life. If the end to the right to bear arms is the price to save just one life, then that is a price worth paying. If we need to remove semi-automatic weapons altogether from society so that children can come home to their families at the end of the school day, then surely that is a sacrifice worth making. The freedom to do and to have is not morally equivalent to the freedom to live. This week there will be an opportunity to join next Sunday with our friends at St. Luke's Ebenezer Baptist Church and the Temple as faith communities demand that we rethink our relationship to guns. I encourage you to be there. In a short while, while we say a litany, we will say a litany written by bishops in the Episcopal Church that laments the loss of those killed in mass shootings over the past several years. I invite you to pray it at home. And perhaps most crucially, over the coming days and weeks, everyday people like you and me will debate the merits or otherwise of gun control in America. I implore you to make your faith count in those conversations. Christian theology is not ambiguous about the value of life. All life is sacred. The taking of life is always a sin. Violence has no place in a Christian vision for society. Guns are only such a part of the modern American psyche because we have let them become so. There is nothing inevitable about the current proliferation of lethal weapons in today's America. We need a revolution of our values. We can and we must change. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. A reminder from the book of Revelation that life is a gift of God. Let us draw to mind the preciousness of the gifts that we have lost. And let us call for change that this long walk through death's dark valley might end.
Come, O Prince of Peace, your will be done.